You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season eight, episode 39. Uh, I'm John, and I'm joined by John, the regular John. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you, John? Filthy. Uh, <laughs> and we've got a returning guest we've been wanting to get on for a while. Um, been on a few times last season, mostly, maybe even a wee bit the previous season. Um, so, yeah, Highland and Ireland Sports Reported of the Year, no less. Um, Andy, how are you doing? That's just, I'm good, thanks, John. Yeah, the, probably the grandest introduction I've ever had, ever. Um, no, glad to be back, guys. Um, I always enjoyed doing the, the show on a Monday night, and it's been a, a while since I've been on, so um, a nice, uh, nice, quiet week to uh, return on. <laughs> oh, I definitely, yeah, plenty to talk about, but I congratulations uh, on your award as well. Thanks very much, yeah. Well done. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was a proud moment, yeah. Very proud, very proud. <laughs> uh, so, as you say, plenty to talk about. Uh, obviously, there was a full set of fixtures last midweek. There was a fixtures at the weekend. There's a lot going on in the championship, which obviously you're covering big time with, obviously. Yeah, and I'm not. And then we've got the same with Rio's coming up for the Scottish Cup, so. Yeah. Is It's changed days. I don't really cover Premiership anymore. Uh, just have to go by what I see on sports scene. But, um, no, the championship's been a, a great league this season. And from a North point of view, it's good that both clubs are, are still, you know, firmly in the thick of things at this stage of the season. Um, both. In with a, a shout of promotion still and county looking like the, the titles is there to to throw away now. So um, no, it's been a, a, an exciting season. Definitely, are you enjoying covering the championship in terms of being a bit different? I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you see some fantastic games, and I suppose it's it's games that maybe don't get too much coverage as well. So you know, you've got quieter um, press boxes, and I suppose it, it brings a bit more responsibility. But um, no, I mean, the, the, there are some very good teams in, in the division. Um, and it's also a very kind of unpredictable league is probably the best way to describe it because oh, yeah. you just have to look at some of the results. Aloha have had, um, you know, case in point being a couple of Saturdays ago when they when they beat Ross County, the, the, the leaders. So, um, you know, for the only part-time team in the in the league to to be so competitive in, in the division um, when, you know, the temptation would be to to write them off before a, a ball's kicked, you know, it, it has been a, uh, a thrilling season and kind of just uh, just a bit more plenty attacking football in the in the league as well in the championship. There's not too many teams that will set out to kind of stifle a, a game. It's it's very much end to end football is the, the norm. So no, I can't uh, can't complain at all. But still. Oh, Still keen to get some uh, some Premiership football back in the in the Highlands. Yes, yeah, I think after Friday night, that's um, almost a done deal. I mean, um, yeah. United thought they were two points behind, and then um, they were hit by the sucker punch. Um, Jamie Lindsay um, striking the last minute. That was a um, in county celebrated as if they clinched the title that night. And five points clear, County <coughs> get five to play. United have got four to play. Um, Ross County's goal difference is eighteen ahead of United. I think it's. Almost safe to say, kind of, are there? Yeah. Um, bar the bar the shouting. 
the fat lady's just warming up. Yeah, I think so. I think so, John. Um, I certainly, you nailed it there. I mean, they, they celebrated celebrated it like a, a victory. Um, it was just such a, a swing, and you know, from from going into tomorrow night's game against Dunfermline with United having you know narrowed the gap, it would have been. A bit, a bit of a feeling of pressure, but that goal to changes the whole psychology. They've now got the chance to to make it eight points with a win, and you know they're going to be going into it, you know, feeling on cloud nine, just as a result of that that late goal. They, they didn't even play particularly well on the night, but uh, it, it's a real, real sore one for United, and kind of just you know forces them to start preparing for the, the playoffs really. I think the good thing as well, the championship is we're only what four or five games to go, and every single team's got someone to play for. Yeah, there's no mid-table as such because you look at the results at the weekend, and Morton even are, you know, within danger of, of being dragged right into the relegation mix. You know, it's kind of teams that are competing to get into the playoff spots, and teams that are battling to avoid the drop. There's there's no uh, kind of you know irrelevance uh, in the in mid-table or anything. Yeah, I think. Morton's results the last couple of games, um, although they haven't won, they've picked up two draws from losing possessions at air and at uh, Queen of South. So, yeah. um, whilst it could be seen as two points um, dropped in the respective games, it's actually really two points gained from their possession because they were in big danger of being drugged right in. Although, saying that, if Alla, who are obviously got the momentum from winning at the weekend, do a job on them uh, tomorrow night, you know, they're, <laughs> they're obviously right back in it again. And then Falkirk psychology, the last two games, They've thrown away five points from winning possessions at yeah. Queen of the South, and then at, uh, and at home at Alwa, um, you, you really fear for them. Yeah, Falkirk looked like they really had picked up. They were, they were on a decent run, um, I think. Um, was it nine? Or run of ten games uh, in which they, they lost only one, but I don't think they're winning enough. I think they, they tend to be drawing and as you say, from, from winning positions as well in the, in the last week, which it's, it draws at this stage don't really do any any good, um, especially when teams around about them, Partick, for example, um, seem to be kind of picking up the the, the wins. Them, well, they picked up a, a good point on, on Saturday from 2-0 down against uh, Dunfermline. Um, but uh, no, it's, it's looking like it could go down to the, the wire for the, the relegation battle anyway and as we mentioned Alwa will play Morton tomorrow night Tuesday and then Alwa yeah. play Queen of the South on Saturday so massive two games for Alwa yeah well all three teams but Alwa will even as well actually Alwa's got a decent run in as well with the form to play party at Thistle yeah so all teams are around them they're looking at a team that they're up in the upper icons as a Inverness yeah, they do uh, still play Inverness before the, the end of the season, but uh, even even if, you know playing up against the, the top sides in the league, as, as I mentioned earlier, you know they've they've got results against these teams. Um, you know they beat County at home a week past Saturday, and they've um, taken points off Dundee United this season as well. Uh, you know they they fear nobody, and you know they they're obviously desperate to try and cling on to their championship status, but. You know they've got nothing to lose really, given how how little a hope people gave them at the at the start of the season. Yeah, based on what you've seen this season, who do you think will go down? 
I mean, I think they, they probably will run out of steam. Um, so I, I mean, I would still think they would finish bottom. Um, and then I think I would go Falkirk. Uh, I've, I've not seen too much of Falkirk, I've got to say. Um, but I just, I, I, I think Thistle look more likely to to do something um, which can get them out of trouble. I, I would perhaps fear for Queen of the South because I mean, Stephen Dobie's not quite hit the heights of uh, the early part of the season and I think Queens are, are so reliant on him to, to be performing but um, I just think Falkirk are um, kind of they, they lack momentum at this stage you know it's um, a crucial period coming into you know the, the business end of the season now and um, I just I haven't been convinced with them all season as I say, I probably haven't seen too much of them, but um, based on what I have seen, I'm, I'm far from convinced. Um, so I'd, I'd probably go for them for the relegation playoff spot, but without really having seen enough of the teams in League One, I wouldn't really know whether they'd be in you know, huge danger um, you know, up against Wraith Rovers or, or Forfer, who uh, look, both look nailed on for, for playoff spots. Yeah. In terms of obviously covering well. the championship now, and obviously you've kind of seen a fair bit of the kind of premiership as well before. Yeah. How big a how big a difference in standard would you say where you're covering the championship regularly now? Yeah, um, I think I don't think there's a huge difference to be honest. Uh, I, I, certainly at the top end of the the championship, um, you know, I would uh, certainly fancy um, Ross County to to do okay next season. I, I, I think they will need to to reinforce their squad. Um, but I mean, I think you look at what Livingston did last season, uh, and they've carried that momentum into into the new campaign. Uh, St Mirren a bit different because they kind of just ripped the whole thing up, didn't they? Uh, obviously, Jack Ross leaving was a, a sore one for them. Um, but they gone into the new season with that team and that management team, then I think they would have stood a, a much better chance, but really, I don't think there's, you know, the, the, the top three or top four in, in the Premiership can, sorry, in the Championship, uh, would be able to kind of hold their own against, you know, a given four or five teams at the bottom of the, the Premiership. I suppose it's where the games against the, the city clubs, as you would probably call them, the, the top six, um, that would present you know, more difficulty for them in coming up against that on a regular basis, but yeah. it's just a, it's a, it is a ruthless league, but I don't think yeah. in that bottom end of it, there is that much of a difference. Uh, you know, you could quite easily have another four teams in the, in the championship, uh, it, sorry, from the championship going into the, the top flight, um, you know, were it to be say a 16 team league, I don't think there would be that much disparity in the, you know, the bottom end of it, you know, between any of the, the teams coming into the league and those already there. so um, Yeah, I know John's an advocate of that as well, aren't you? 16 team league or something similar. Yeah, yeah um, I don't, the, the thought is also not go for it because if you have a 16 team league playing each other twice, then you'd only get 30 games, so there's yeah. no will go for that. But um, I th- it would be favourable. I think 18 teams max would be where I would go um, play each other twice um, because this four games a season is a bit. Um, 
that's the word I'm looking for, monotonous at him. Yeah. It's become a bit boring. Uh, I mean, you've got scenarios where some clubs are playing each other seven times a season. If you're a championship club, it could even be eight with the Challenge Cup. And it's just sometimes with the way fixtures land, you're playing them like three or four times. Like Celtic Dundee United, for example, in 2015, they played four times in a month because of rearranged league games and cup replays and a cup final. It's just. Um, it just can get a bit boring and I just, as you say there's not much difference between in terms of stature between the likes of like Ross Kett um, Ross Kett Thistle, Falkirk Inverness and Fermlin they're all sides that you would associate with being in the top flight um, you know, and there's not much I've seen them with the likes of St Man, Hamilton and um, Dundee obviously um, Livingston um, you, so there's no reason why a 16-team or 18-team league wouldn't work, and there's obviously potential growth there. But um, but as for Ross County, I don't think they'll have any issues next season if they do go up because Roy McGregor um, has opened mighty puts his hand in his pocket to pay a little bit more to get better players up to to County, and I think yeah. he'll do that again. Yeah, that is that... a sensible as well, isn't, isn't it, Andy? It's not like he won't just spend cash for the sake of it. No, no. Um, I mean, he has tried that before. Um, I mean, the, the Owen Coyle era was uh, pretty reckless, to be honest. Um, but that didn't go well at all. And I think uh, the, the squad that they've assembled this season is very, very assured. Uh, they've, they've got a lot of players in there that have won the championship before. Uh, a lot of players that have played for Ross County before. You know, you look at the number of guys that have actually come back. I think Ian Vigers, uh, uh, you look at uh, Kenny van der Weg, Brian Graham, Don Cowie. You know they've they've got a lot of players in who have played for the club before, and you know it's it's a really good environment they've got there. They've got fantastic facilities, um, which they have spent a lot of money on. But players, every, just about every player we interview, um, when we do the first sit down with them, we'll talk about just how blown away they've been by what they've seen they're, you know they're surprised to see that in Dingwall um, but obviously they, as John touched on you know they, they do have to pay a bit more to, to get people to relocate uh, more so from the, the central belt than, than anything because um, I suppose you know for, for a player who's you know offered a grand a week uh, at both Ross County and Partick Thistle and is from Glasgow then you know it's obvious he would choose Partick Thistle, but um, you know that just in a hypothetical situation. That I, I suppose that's the challenge that Ross County have always faced, and and Inverness as well, obviously. But um, I, I don't think it's been a you know a, a, a out of hand kind of spending that they've, they've had this season. Um, they've actually been quite unlucky with injuries as well. Um, you look at the number of players that are out just now, and obviously without their leading scorer and Billy Mackay and. Ian Vigers has uh, been out for most of the, the season. Liam Fontaine, who's an excellent defender, uh, Callum Morris. So, you know, they they have been tested, uh, but they've managed to, you know, create the squad depth that they they've needed. And so these signings they have made have proven to be, you know, crucial for them. Yeah, yeah. They're streetwise county uh, with that yeah. league. They, they know what it they know what it takes to get players who know how to battle. Whereas I think Partick earlier on the season they had a bad momentum from being relegated and their players 
were just in such a rut that they didn't know how to get out that um, losing mentality and that'll cost Alan Archibaldi's job. Um, but Gary Cobbles obviously freshens things up there and they've progressed up the table a little bit. But Ross County, you always felt that, um, well, I took part to win the league and that's fallen flat in his face. But John, but John um, picked uh, Ross County and it's understandable because, yeah, I mean, you always felt that they were going to be in around the promotion playoffs and um, they're obviously, I, I wouldn't say, having watched them, they're necessarily a great football inside to watch. I think I know the goal they've got the best goal difference in the league, but they just know how to dig out a result. I mean, they weren't great in the, the game against uh, Cali last week in Derby. I've watched that um, rearranged game in BBC Scotland. Um, it was a good first half. It wasn't a great second half, but County did what they had to do, and it's that's what's getting them up. And uh, good luck to them. And it's good luck to the management team who are doing well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both club icons, and fans love them. Uh, and they've got such an understanding of the club because they, you know, both played for for county and both worked in the youth uh, setup as well. So they know what it takes, you know, for a player to progress. And I mean, they haven't had two. I mean, they, they've managed to blood a few youngsters this season at, at times. Tom Gravosti, the young defender, who um, actually came up from from Bolton, he's probably been the the one that's appeared the most, um, just due to the number of injuries they've had in the back line uh, young Ross Monroe the goalkeeper played in the, pretty much the whole Iron Brew Cup campaign um, but I guess the, the long term hope for County is they can get more of these guys uh, coming through um, I'm surprised they like Keeler Dunn going to Falkirk sorry yeah oh, I was surprised about that as well yeah it's kind of fizzled out for him because he, he made a a big impact in the Premiership uh, in, in the relegation season, admittedly, but yeah, he he, he did look like he was onto something. Um, you know, he was the only one that really kind of broke through from the, the team that won the Development League in 2017. Most of the the guys in that squad have, uh, have kind of moved on now, but yeah, he just lost his momentum this season, and he seems to have done well for Falkirk, though. He's he's one that has been a bit of a shining light in a pretty poor team it would seem based on based on what I've heard anyway yeah. well he scored at um, Queen of South um, which he thought when the game took his top off got a second book and he right. sent off and then they dropped two points um, a minute later um, so he missed the game at the weekend because of that and he must have been absolutely gutted um, that he couldn't help his team and having thought he'd won the game and it turned out that he missed out where he could have been a, a saviour for them on Saturday yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a bit of a silly one, that to be honest. It uh, <laughs> certainly would have quickly changed his his mood. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, obviously a, I, th- I think he's been a a big player. He's still under contract, I think, for next season. So he might he might still have a future at County. But uh, mm-hmm. he just wanted to want to keep an eye on. I would I would say. Yeah. Uh, we should probably move on to the Premiership then. <coughs> we touched a wee bit on the kind of lower league, so the big game at the weekend, oh, and certainly the lower lower half of the league, St Mirren and Hamilton. At Hamilton, St Mirren took a pretty good crowd. Looked like a decent game as well. Yeah, it looked, um, it looked so St Mirren dominated most of the first half, Hamilton um, dominated both the sec- uh, most of the second. The stats for what I saw... Hamilton had 13 shots, 6 on target. Simon had 11 in shots and goal, 1 on target, and obviously it was the goal. But I don't think you could um, have too much complaints with the result. Um, the draw 
suits Hamilton better because of the other result. Um, the teams effectively Hamilton have that four point cushion over St Mirren, seven points over Dundee. Um, they're looking as if they could do enough, but St Mirren <laughs> have obviously shown that fighting spirit that you've said, John. To be fair, when myself, Chris, and some of the other regulars put together. Um, thought they were doomed under Ron I, I was laughed at I was laughed at when I said St. Yep. Mirren uh, you were mm-hmm. I remember all of you Aldo I think everyone has been on the podcast this season they'll go down whereas I've been saying all season Dundee are awful mm-hmm. yeah I think it probably highlights how poor the recruitment was last summer St. Mirren um, because Kearney's come in and the evidence is there that since he's been able to get his own players in and to get them settled that they have picked up and you know, they've, they've strung some good results together. Um, obviously, it's so difficult to generate momentum in the Premiership given you know just how many thriving big clubs there are. Uh, so if you're St Mirren, then it's, it was the same covering County last season. You know, it's, you've got you know, a, a very, very difficult game every other week really but um they they certainly look like they've got a bit of spirit about them and some of the players that have come in look uh, look pretty handy as well so um yeah no I, I think they they look like they've given themselves a fighting chance yeah i think the but thing with indy as well in terms of being awful defensively and i do say awful defensively i just think they're really poor they've scored yeah. one goal in the last six of the games yeah they look in trouble um well, McIntyre says they need to win four games um, at the last five. Um, they've only won four all season. They've won one game at home all, all campaign. It doesn't really bode well for them. Um, and defensively, um, you know, they're leaking goals for fun. That Kisonga has been the worst defender in the league. It wasn't his fault at the weekend, but he has looked absolutely appalling. I don't know why they persist with him. Um, Miller had his wee spell earlier in the season with scoring goals. They've dried up. The boy Nelson, who came in for Sunderland, he started scoring a few goals when he came in. They've dried up. Scott Wright started um, pretty well when he went there. His form's tailed off. I know he didn't play the weekend. Cause I, I was surprised. Club. What are you doing? I was surprised no, to see Kenny Miller had scored as many as seven goals a season. He scored, uh, was it a double or a hat trick? I think when they played Hamilton. Um, yeah. He, he did. It was a just a purple patch he had earlier in the season, just after McIntyre came in. Um, but other than that, it's not been not been brilliant. Um, they just uh, they they haven't really kicked on. You know, Jim McIntyre did exactly the same when he took over Ross County. He brought a whole raft of players in and changed the style of play. Um, I seem to remember on that occasion, he brought a lot of players in. Uh, and a number of them never actually played for the, the club. Um, he just kind of came across a system and a, a group of players post-January on that occasion that all clicked together to extremely good effect and they got the the run going that they needed. But it's a much more difficult league than the one that County uh, were part of back then. 2015 it was. Um, and I don't think he's had quite as much joy with the, the signings he's brought in. Uh, certainly the ones that uh, that he's worked with before seem to be the ones that the Dundee fans are uh, kind of most annoyed with. I don't think Craig Curran's uh, done very much for them. Uh, Martin Woods has obviously uh, taken the, the armband on a few occasions and 
Obviously, Andrew Davis has been a, a disastrous uh, signing given the, the two injuries he's uh, he's had with the, the foot. But um, yeah, it, uh, I mean there have been bright lights as well. You mentioned Nelson and, and Wright, who have both looked at, at stages as if they're going to kind of burst on and uh, you know take the uh, take the, the responsibility for them. But they've just not managed to to get the the string of results that they need. Yeah, yeah, and I think also um, he was wanting to bring uh, Billy Dodds up, but because of the animosity with Dundee fans over what happened in 2010 um, post administration, uh, that wasn't allowed to happen. Dodds had to pull himself out of the running for that. Um, I think he's missing that as well. If they got Billy Dodds, he'd have been better off playing him in the pitch. Otherwise, having him as an assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, and the thing is, they've got strikers there that have got a fair bit of experience as well. I mean, Curran was always, um, you know, pretty uh, industrious, unspectacular uh, when he was at County. Um, Kenny Miller, we all know what he's about. Although, yeah, I mean, I suppose he's, you know, he is 38, but uh, you know, certainly doesn't seem to. Uh, or at one stage didn't look like that was that was a problem for him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he he is kind of, you know, showing signs of, uh, you know, declining in his in his later latter part of his career. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm certainly worried for Dundee. I um, I don't think it's looking good for them at all. Yeah, they've yeah. had three different goalkeepers as well. They started off with Hamilton, then they brought in um, Elliot Parish. Um, they chopped and changed the two of them. That Deng's come in, and he's been okay, but they don't really have a commanding number one. But then St Myrna have also had three different goalkeepers with Sansom, Rogers, and Lundfuss, and uh, Vladke, who's been pretty impressive. Hamilton have always had Gary Woods, um, but yeah. the three of them, the three of them are by far the worst in the league. I mean, the stats prove that. You know, Hamilton twenty-five points. Um, the maximum points they can get now um, is forty. Um, Dundee, um, you know, St. Mernon, twenty-one. Dundee in eighteen. It's just um, you just you just got to think that whoever's in the playoffs is going to struggle. But then you never know which team they'll face in the playoff because. Well, if it's Inverness, for example, and Inverness reached the cup final, I think that would be slightly easier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could it could be a really thrilling end to the season for Inverness on on those fronts. Uh, I mean, it, it, it would be some run of games to get to that stage. Um, you'd have to think that would take its toll. And that's why it is so difficult to progress. Uh, you know, if you're finishing third or fourth, um, with the six games that you would require, plus, as you say, the potential for a cup final to be thrown in there as well um, but in order to get to that stage you'd have to have real momentum on your your side that's the one thing I would say on that front whereas Dundee or St Mirren or, or Hamilton in that playoff will be going into it with a you know kind of feeling that there is no momentum um, you know it can be a bit of a psychological drain this stage of the season when you're you're in that rut, you're in that losing habit. Uh, whereas for an Inverness or uh, potentially an Air or, well, maybe not so much Air actually, because, you know, I think it's their early season form which has carried them um, to the position that they, they command now. I don't think they're in any danger 
regards to the playoffs. I think they they're fine there. The, the current the current top four is is as will be. Um, but United are slightly different. Dundee United that is are, are slightly different as well because they, um, you know, they're in the title hunt and you know they've not managed. They're not going to manage to succeed in that. Um, and so they're kind of in the in the playoffs reluctantly. Um, but I guess the teams at the at the bottom that you mentioned, the bottom three, are just they've had that kind of losing mentality all season, uh, and that could be something that you know doesn't do them any favours when when the playoffs come around. Yeah, when Barton and D obviously they played Aberdeen at the weekend. All three of us support uh, Aberdeen. Um, trying to make it. actually we've done well not to talk about Aberdeen until what <laughs> half an hour into the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty impressed by that. Uh, I Aberdeen, good week in terms of since the Hearts game, uh, which was a disappointment after losing the, the lead um, and losing that game. But yeah, Motherwell, good win against Motherwell, good win against Dundee at the weekend. They were much needed the getting weeks off, but now we're getting goal. It was a, it was a peach. Yeah, yeah, that was, was a um, brilliant. On you go, Andy. On you go, John. On. No, I was just going to say it was an absolute peach of a goal, and uh, you know now I'm against being a player that's been a wee bit more hot and cold. I mean, I, I've been more impressed with, uh, with set pieces um, than his all-round game this season. But the last couple of months he's actually stepped up. You know, he came on that game against Queen South and turned the game. Um, he played well. I brought scored in the goal. In that game he actually played well in the first game for Audrey as well. Um, and then last week, you know, he shows what. A, um, good impact player he is you know just when you need a wee bit of genius he, he still has it now and then and he'll be a big player um, for the rest of the season but that was two massive results given some of the fixtures that were happening like how Hibs were playing Kilmarnock you had Edinburgh Derby um, you know Hearts were at Rangers so it meant that we opened up that um, eight points in Hearts again so I think we'll I don't see them catching us um, Hibs are still not far behind us but um, yeah it keeps us in that run for for at least third place and try and get that European position because second place is gone for me. I don't see his calling back in Rangers, unfortunately. Yeah, the, the, that, talking of the Motherwell game, I think it was, it was so important to get that first home league win of the calendar year. That that was something yeah, that was course. starting to get, you know, really problematic. Um, I was at the Livingston game a couple of weeks before that, and uh, you know, I should never have been squandering that winning position, but. Um, you know, when Motherwell equalised on Wednesday, I'm kind of thinking, oh, here, here we go again. Uh, but to actually then, you know, respond in turn by getting those those two goals and and two good goals, particularly the the third one. Um, it was a good a good show of character, and I think just got got things back on on track again because uh, it, you know, it wasn't it was becoming a little bit, you know, unenjoyable really watching the yeah. Some of these home performances uh, and the, you know, the the effects it was having on the on the team, because it, it, you know when you get runs like that, when you're so used to the home form being being your strong point, you know, it really it does begin to become a psychological thing. Um, so just to nip that in the bud was important, and then you know it looked like it was two going on several more uh, on Saturday. With the number of chances they had, but uh, by all accounts didn't actually play particularly well. Uh, just a, maybe a measure of how, how poor Dundee are, but uh, another a good week. Yeah, I think it, 
on Saturday the, the major factor was the youth element again, um, which has been influential a fair bit with Ferguson in particular, obviously contender for you know, player of the year. But again, he's clever in terms of winning the penalty. At first when I seen it, I thought it was soft. And then you see the replay and then it's a fair penalty. And then the second goal is just McLaren. I love how McLaren just likes taking on players. And even if the, um, he loses the ball, he's got the strength to win the ball back. And that's what counts for the second goal. So the, the two of them, I think, will be particularly influential when it comes to Sunday. Um, again, I think McLaren's been great this season. Um, been superb. Yeah. I'm not even missing Mackay Stephen, I don't think. No, um, no I, would, I would agree with that, yeah. As John um, touched on, McGinn's been back in form and looking like the player that we know now again can be. So, McLennan could have a, a fair influence on Sunday. Um, I think the, the big Hamden pitch will suit him down to a tee. Um, seen him score there. Of course, yeah, some goal that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, last season against Hibs. Yeah. He's got final. Remember it was it was Hamden where he kind of made his breakthrough this season. Really, uh, I mean yeah. he's, he did score that goal against St Mirren, but he, wa- he wasn't really enjoying a proper run in the team at that time. Um, it was basically from the when he came on for GMS in the cup final, um, and then ever since then he's not looked back because he he was brought straight into the team for the the game which Aberdeen won at Ibrox just a few days after that. So. That was kind of the, yeah. the moment that kick-started him. And when he came on for Kai Steven, he, he you know, very instantly didn't look out of place. You know, it, It's been a great uh, a great impact from him. Absolutely, yeah. I think the thing with all the kind of younger players at Aberdeen now, it's not just the fact that they've got the kind of technical ability, it's the physical aspect as well. It's a combination. Are we still there? or the adapter system in midfield adapting midfield a wee bit in terms of maybe playing the, the three maybe more yeah midfield as, as Greg Stewart and I think just Greg Stewart if he's in there the game will just bypass him yeah um, I noticed Gleeson came on as a substitute on Saturday um, but I, I don't think he's really played enough to go straight into a game against uh, against Celtic um, yeah, does he play Campbell then if he's fit I think there's an argument for that. I mean, he's certainly not, uh, not looked out of far. He's, he's not hesitated to give him his opportunity in big games like this. And, yeah, you know, played at Parkhead, played at Ibrox already. Um, so I, I think there's a, an argument for Campbell. Um, yeah, all attention's good. Composed, so yeah. Yeah. Sense. I suppose the physical uh, side of things would be the, the main concern, but um, as I say, he, he's done nothing to hold him back from this environment before, so I think that there's as good a chance of that as any. I suppose in the past it might have been a temptation to, to put Don Ball in there, but obviously he's needed it to right back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it prob- probably does need to tweak it a wee bit just because of how much energy Shinny has in the middle of the park. Um, it's a big, big void that, to fill yeah. based on, on that alone and just because of how he goes about playing the game. So. Yeah, I suppose um, it gives Ferguson licence to get forward even more though, because he'll be the one that's expected to support the attacking players more so. Yeah. No, it could be a big afternoon for, for Ferguson. It's it's bound to be a, a hefty shift for them. Yeah. But, yeah, without doubt. Uh, moving on to Celtic, they're kind of stumbling to the league title now, it seems. Yeah. And a bit yeah, of that. uneventful. 
And Chris mentioned obviously off air that they're just kind of, we've kind of touched on a wee bit in the podcast as well since Lennon took over, they're caught between two systems. Yes. Whether they're following Rogers' orders or they're following Lennon's orders, because they've been so used to playing under Rogers' style of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, obviously it must be a difficult time for any any player to adapt, but um, it's not been convincing, that's for sure. Um, it was another disappointing one on, on Saturday there against Livingston. So, um, yeah, they've, they've obviously managed to, to scrape a few wins, which you know, have made it look good on, on paper, but I've been far from convinced in, in any game. And I think in a one-off match on Saturday, I've, on Sunday, sorry, um, you know, I, I can see them having, having a, uh, you know, a, a real uh, test in their hands in, in the form of Aberdeen. Yeah, I mean, the the, the game last month when um, Celtic and Aberdeen met, you know, we managed to frustrate and could have it late on um, with Stephen May's chance. So that gives... Um, Aberdeen fans some belief that we can finally get one over Celtic. We haven't beaten them at Hampden um, in a match since 1992. Um, and obviously we've lost these last three cup finals to them, um, which is, um, we need to try and get that monkey off our back somehow. And the semi-finals probably is good an opportunity as we've got to do it, but it is going to be so much harder with Shinny's energy, energy in the midfield. Um, and Celtic still have big game players that on their day, if they turn up, then um, it's going to be a, a difficult afternoon, but you just never know. But it means Celtic can't um, um, clinch it. They couldn't clinch the title of the weekend. Um, they can't. Um, they can only clinch it against Hibs away from home if uh, Rangers slip up in their um, next uh, their first post spot game at, at Ten Castle. But it looks as though they're going to clinch it against the Kilmarnock at home the following week, so they'll be able to clinch it in a row in front of their own fans. Well, Kilmarnock in a good run of form. What, six, seven yeah. games unbeaten? Six games unbeaten, I think. Yeah, they, they certainly won't be threatening going to Parkhead, but that was a convincing win um, against St. Johnson side, who, um, on the, certainly on the road, they looked so poor just now. Um, and St. Johnson are worried a wee bit about Shaughnessy's form because they've withdrawn his contract offer and Aberdeen are getting a wee bit... Um, Depending on what paper you read, mind you, Andy might be able to tell us more, but um, <laughs> McKenna seems to have killed his interest because um, Sean is his delaying on making a decision. Um, so, But his form's not been great. Um, Kerr, who was in good form up until the January window, um, he's tailed off. But uh, to be fair, the rest of the St. Johnson team have tailed off. It's just been a poor run since um, well, those three games in a row they had against Celtic, of course. Yeah, you're touching on you're saying about Kerr, obviously Kerr's at the form is probably been influenced by the fact that Sean is not playing as well. So obviously Sean is the kinda the senior partner in that relationship. Yeah, uh, they're they're both very highly regarded, aren't they? But um I it's just been a uh, run for them in, in general. Um I guess they've they've not got a great deal to play for at this stage now, you know, they they still had a glimmer of hope of making the top six uh, until last week. But for them, Motherwell and uh, Livingston, it's season's sort of going to fizzle out a wee bit. You'd, you'd have to think. Mm-hmm. They'd better just book in their summer holidays just now, the three of those teams. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Just... For Livingston, the job's done. They've, they've exceeded expectations already. So, yeah. you know, regardless of what happens between now and the end of the season, they can, you know, be proud of their, their efforts. Um Motherwell and, and St. Johnson obviously would have had you know, 
more serious, uh, you know, designs on breaking into the top six, and uh, they've not managed to do it. But so difficult to do these days, uh, just with with how strong the uh, you know the, the the bigger clubs have been. Yeah, yeah and the fact come out of um, got a manager of um, Steve Clark's calibre. He's yeah, managed to turn them turn them around. It's incredible. Um, you got to say he's one of, if not the front runner for manager of the year. Um, you consider Brendan Rodgers also left, so they can't give it to him. So what other contenders are going to be? Some some have said Gary Holt in the championship. You maybe look at the two Ross County ones. Um, there's an argument for Dick Campbell at Arbroath who's doing a superb job getting them promoted. Um, below lots of things, but yeah, I would say Clark's the front runner. Yeah, I would maybe throw John Robertson's name in as well, potentially. Um, you know, there's still the option. I mean, Inverness could possibly win the Scottish Cup and be promoted, in which case he would he would probably have to be. But then, yeah. again, the award is made before any of that can happen. So, uh, again, it just kind of... Uh, well, we're left guessing on that one, really. But, um, yeah, I, I think Steve Clark is the, the, uh, the front-runner. Uh, your man Paul Hickingbottom at Hibs would be in the in the running, I'm sure, uh, had the season been going on a little bit longer. But um, I think Please. I was just going to say he's had a superb season, the well superb impact to Hibs was it eight games um, in the league unbeaten and six wins. They yeah. were eighth in the league and now they're um, above Hearts in the league and could potentially go into um, into Europe, but. Um, I hope they're not taking coconuts with them. Aye. Well, what is I'll that take it Yeah. <laughs> I think it was actually after the Hibs goal um, that happened. So. Uh, Plenty to yeah. happen. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh no, yeah. I, I, was, been, I was. I was around holiday. I was around holiday. Can I see that? See that? Someone had mentioned a bit of coconut, so I was quick. I probably had a few beers. I'm always funny about a few beers. I think. Um, <laughs> why straight away I was in like fun with that one. Um, it was a good, interesting start though I seen it earlier on and it was regards to obviously there's been all the talk this season about Ryan Kent at Rangers and how good he's been and he's this player that player 12 million pounds which I don't believe I think that's just an inflated market down south um, so he's played 3,129 minutes um, 6 goals and 9 assists Horgan at Hibs has played just about less just about half the time or maybe just over 2,200 2,236 minutes, seven goals and nine assists, and yet Hogg has not been talked about in the same way. Yeah, because one's at, um, a squad player, um, a reserve player at Liverpool, the other one um, is at Preston. That's the difference, and one's at Rangers, one's at Hibs. That's the main difference. Um, but Horgan's been superb. I mean, we spoke before, he's been moved into a, a more free role um, since Hakenbottoms came in, and he's just um, taken a look at Dr. Water. He's been superb, and he's run um, to get himself in for the goal um, to equalise was good, um, although hints of might not have been offside but the second one that's just a superb finish great execution yeah yeah that's true I mean it looked as though the first 25 minutes Hearts were going to dominate they got the goal with a couple of wee chances but then once Hibsy Clyde they grew into the game and um, yeah a thoroughly deserved win and well the Hearts fans seem to turn in Craig Levine at the end um, they're not happy at the style of football the fact they've fallen from first to sixth um, so much so that some are saying that even if they win on Saturday in the Scottish Cup semi-final and get to their first final in seven years, 
in the Scottish Cup. Um, they're still not. Some are still want Levine out because it's been seen as an easy progression. Uh, there's there's massive pressure on them ahead of that game all of a sudden. Uh, you know, based on the on the Derby defeat. Um, you know, they are getting pretty restless down there, and it's not a nice position for them to to go into the semi feeling. Uh, semi-final feeling like you know it actually kind of reminds me a wee bit of uh Aberdeen going into the the Queen of the South game in a way you know you've got a, a few a few uh ex-players there that will be determined to make a, a big impact against uh against Hearts um yeah I mean Inverness have been making a lot of quite confident noises from the you know brief interviews that I've done um because it's been that, that far ahead, you know, we've not really been focusing on it at this up until this point. Um, but they think they've got a right chance. Um, I fancy Inverness. I've said for since it was made, I just got a feeling that Inverness will do it. I don't think Hearts are the great team. I think the early season form flattered them in terms of where they were in the league. Um, yeah, I think that's the cause of most of the frustration. A hard-working team, I would say. Yeah. I think the cause of the frustration is the fact they got off to such a good start, but they've not managed to sustain that. Um, Craig, Craig Levine signed an absolute rake of players in the summer. Um, you know, As he over, does. Yeah, over the two transfer windows, it's well north of 20 players that he's brought in. Um, and we've actually got... Well, a case in point is actually a young... Ant- Anthony McDonald, who's up at uh, on loan at Inverness now, and obviously can't play in uh, in the game on on Saturday. But um, you know, he was one of a few youngsters that broke through last season, and there just hasn't been the opportunity for these guys to kick on this year because of yeah, the multitude of well. players. Cochrane's another one that's gone very quiet because Levine brought in you know so many senior players, uh, and you know they've had injuries. Obviously, Naismith has been a, a crucial one, um, but. You know when they've when they've had to, you know, call on some of these guys that Levine brought in to replace the the injured kind of mainstays. Uh, you know, cast into doubt whether his recruitment's been been up to it. No, definitely not. Um, but I think the key for Inverness um, is if they can keep Ekpiesa um quiet and handle um his physicality. Yeah. I think they're in with a great chance. You know, Aberdeen um, struggled last week, but Hibs coped absolutely superbly. Um, on Saturday, I think if John Robertson's um, doing his homework, he'll be showing um, his centre half, whoever they are. Um, that's that's what to watch. So just watch that for the next five days um, and try and replicate that on Saturday. It's obviously going to be difficult, but um, I think Inverness have got a chance. And um, yeah, yeah, good luck to them. And I did a poll. I've done a couple of polls on um, Twitter. Great responses, by the way. We've had 120 votes in the Hearts Kelly Thistle. 59% say Hearts, 41 Kelly Thistle. And out of the 145 that voted in the Celtic Aberdeen one, 79% um, say Celtic. So, aye, we hope you're all wrong. <laughs> but on the underdogs, Aberdeen and Vanessa Final. Ah, I'd love that. I would love to, that. Just to uh, keep the, the P&G busy. Yeah. Oh, definitely, Andy. If that's the case, you'll be on a, about a week bender. Uh, well, well, I'm not sure about that. Um, once it's done, probably, but uh, there'll be a lot of pages to fill <laughs> and the build-up to it. That's for sure. Supplements just be, yeah, just be, be creative and do it all with a, a glass of wine <laughs> or some champagne. Uh, yeah. Living the high life. 
Aye. It depends, yeah. depends, on, depends on the result, of course. <laughs> well, I hope you get a good wage rise when you got your award. That's surely. If you've not got a wage rise, then we're telling you for <laughs> Thanks very much. I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> I've done more in semi-final preview it won't be up to Andy's standard obviously but um, it's available on the website it's just a, pre- um, a short preview of the two semi-finals and um, yeah I, I have slightly lied in it because I said we hope for two classes to be honest on Sunday I couldn't care less if it was a classic or not as long no. as I didn't get through I really couldn't give a monkey's no, definitely not. <laughs> it can be a beach ball winner aye aye um, yeah, I don't care how it happens. If it takes penalties, um, or like it did in 1990 um, in the Scottish Cup final, um, the second last time we beat them at Hamden, that'd be nice. But got a very, uh, we'll very, very good spot kick record when when it has come to penalties under Derek McInnes. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, not sure. I don't, don't think he's ever lost one, has he? Yeah, I don't think he has. Haven't no. No, I don't want. I don't want penalties again. No, no. Still, <laughs> I'm still struggling with the penalties from t- uh, 2014. Yeah, no wonder. <laughs> uh, I think McKinnis actually, if you look at his records, uh, seems to pretty much have the measure of of Lennon, though. Yeah. Um, you know, both. I think they only coincided for for one year when Lennon was previously at Celtic and uh, Aberdeen beat them twice that season. If memory serves me right. Um, yeah. And he, he had a very, very strong record against his hips team. So, the last time we came up against the Neil Lennon team in a semi-final, we actually won um, against hips. Chris obviously brings up the previous um, time that we played Neil Lennon in a semi-final when he was Celtic manager. Um, for the, uh, we could beat 4-0. But um, that was a different Aberdeen team it was now. It's obviously a different Celtic team, but um, you never know. Um, just got to keep hoping. Um, and I, I think we've sold over 14,000 tickets which is good because considering the um, embarrassment of the League Cup semi we just took just under 10,000 um, it's good to see that um, you know they've made more effort I think the kick off of 2 o'clock helps because obviously transport's a little bit easier um, but yeah, good on the Aberdeen fans for buying up more tickets and hopefully they'll sell the rest before Sunday I think the thing as well in terms of going into the game with a bit of confidence, there's not been much between the teams when they played each other last season. No, not at all. No. Uh, it's only been one goal in it, the three league, um, the, the the two league games before Christmas in the League Cup final, and then there was also like nil-nil last month, so yeah, it should be close. What have Inverness sold for the semi-final, Andy? Uh, last I checked, it was just over 2,000. Um, I think they, can, they could go up to... Uh, Five and then potentially seven. Uh, I think there's an area that's been been designated. Uh, you know, they've got a raw deal out again. Yeah, uh, it's probably just one of these things that's always bound to happen. The, the early kickoff when you get to this stage, but yeah, I think because of how far they've got to go, it um, it does affect them a bit more because you know I don't think you can get to to Hamden via public transport on a uh, a Saturday morning, um, m- m- maybe only just. I think maybe on, on a Sunday it would be impossible uh, to make that. But I think on a, a Saturday, you'd, there's only one or two um, kind of ways you can you can do it in time, which oh, doesn't doesn't really give them much of a an opportunity to to get a support down. But oh, I mean, fans will will go. Um, you know, they'll they'll find ways and means of doing it, and you know, it, it's going to be a good day for them. 
it gives them a different focus from the, the league and as the underdogs in the tie you know they can just go there uh, relishing it really from your point of view Andy in terms of the build up there's a few a few extra press duties in this week well Inverness are actually doing their um, their preview day on, on Wednesday so they're making their whole squad available for, for interview which will be good I've done a couple of interviews already um, just with uh, some of the, the players uh, trying to get their, their thoughts ahead of it and um, Brad Mackay's one that I spoke to at the weekend after his winner against Ayr and um, he's obviously a former Hearts player he he knows what uh, you know the kind of the, the feeling of pressure that uh, that Hearts will be feeling off the back of a, a derby defeat because you know that that's just part of what that fixture does to you um, so but he's he's you know talking in pretty bullish terms that, uh, that Inverness can, can do it uh, spoke to Carl Tremarco as well, the captain, and he was even more uh, bullish actually in his uh, kind of forecasts. But in, there was one game earlier in the season where the two teams met in the Betfred Cup, and uh, it was a big, convincing win for Hearts in the end. But bizarrely enough, Inverness actually started the game quite well. Um, the quality of Hearts' goals that day, if memory serves, was phenomenal. I think there was a free kick, uh, Piazzu acrobatic goal from a corner uh, I think there was another one from long range uh, it was just one of these days where Inverness were really really unlucky with uh, you know what came their way um, but they don't often lose in that manner they, um, I think they've, um, that's the only time they've lost by more than one goal this season um, you know they're, 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 they're certainly they're, they're normally normally well in Firmly in in games, they they don't go down with a with a whimper. Mm-hmm. Well, that's some resolve that they've had since then. Um, but also, um, and we start about that game early in the season was that um, Hearts had obviously um, fielded an an eligible player against Cove Rangers, but instead of getting um, deducted all three points and uh, getting the three the customer three 0 defeat, like what Clyde got in the. Uh, their two games recently, um, they gave they just deducted Hearts two points, gave Cove Rangers nothing. That meant that Hearts, all they had to do was just make sure they won, and they won that group, and they went through Inverness's expense. So maybe John Roberts will have that in his mind and say, "Let's get revenge." Absolutely, I, I think I think he will. Um, I think if memory serves me, I think Inverness, if they they needed to only lose the game three 0 or no more, uh, and they still would have been able to go through, but. That swing and goal difference uh, as a result of the the five they did ship did for them in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Copy really like to, one uh, two at all in terms of what's happening yeah, in the should, there. Yeah. Well, Arbroath um, won one now. Um, it wasn't quite enough to guarantee the title yet because Wraith Rovers got um, a very late equaliser at Stennis Muir, um, which was. Not good for Stenis because they were looking like putting um, pressure and breaking above them, but instead are two points behind them still before to play. But um, yeah, Arbroath just need one point from four games, and that's them um, champions. But they've been champions in waiting since December. Um, yeah, it's a matter of time. Making a recently. Yeah. Aye. Um, it meant Montrose um, couldn't quite get into the playoffs. He's five got a point at Airdrie, so they're still just ahead of them just now. I think Wraith and Forfar are going to be fine despite Forfar losing to Stranra. But that relegation battle is still quite interesting um, to see who will get in the playoffs 
um, and go down. Yeah, it's, it's still the next year that we're both of them, I think, isn't it? And then uh, you've got yeah. Brechin, Stranar, all Kevin there. Um, are Airdrie out of it, or are they still? I think Airdrie, I think Airdrie are actually close at the um, the promotion. Close at the other end, they're only three ah. points behind East Fife, but um, they're yeah, they're eight clear of Brechin. See, um, I don't see them getting dragged into that. Um, I would think Dunbarton having won at the weekend, they, they're probably about a win away with four games to play as well you'd imagine so I think it's I, I still think it's going to be real difficult for Stennis I think they need to win three of the four games that they've got left which isn't going to be easy Yeah it's, it's one league that I don't know at all really League One because uh, none of my teams have ever been in it as such mm-hmm. um, I, I do cover Elgin in League Two so I'm quite familiar with uh, with that but never really had any, any reason to, to watch League One so um you can only really go by how the teams that come up fare. And I suppose last season with Brechin, who came up and had a, a bit of a shocker, really. Um, you've obviously got um, Aloha this season, who've, who've done really well, um, but probably you know, could could fall short still. Um, but yeah, and, and certainly if Wraith Rovers were to, to come up, I think they would be... Um, you know, another big club. You mentioned some of the big clubs that, that are in the championship, and you know they they held their own in, in that league for many years. So obviously, still full time. Our growth coming up will be interesting because uh, they look to have something pretty special going on there under Dick Campbell. I, I actually watched them again in the Betfred Cup. They demolished County 4-1, and a bit of a, a bit shot result at Gayfield. Um, but no, they, they they clearly have something really really good going on there, and um, you know you would fancy them to keep that team intact and you know strengthen it further, and uh, you know I have to think they could be some sort of force in, in the championship next season. But uh, time will tell as to you know how much of a gulf that really will be. Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank. Um... Peterhead almost had one hand in the championship um, on that title. 3-1 up at Clyde, but then Clyde pulled it back to 3-3. It's still six points, but six points before to play um, a much um, superior goal difference. You've got to fancy um, Peterhead. And Clyde are also those two results, um, default results away from um, to have made that even closer, but it's just not to be. It looks though they're going to be playing in Brissetti and Annan, well, they just need one point from four games. Um, I don't see Sterling Albion overhauling a 12-point deficit and a 25-goal difference before they play. <laughs> ah, not happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Now, Elgin were still in with a shout until uh, a few weeks ago, but that's that's fizzled out now. Um, yeah. They're not going to do it. No. Berwick and Albion overs, um, this one of them is a interesting battle down there because of recent results but Albion Rovers were brought back down there with a 3-0 um, hammering by um, Queen's Park at home but luckily for them better get pummeled 6-0 off Annan so yeah it's going to be nip and tuck those two between now and the end of the season yeah and then it'll be East Colbride against uh, Cove I mean East Colbride have been confirmed as the Lowland League champions and Cove's a, a matter of time they've um, yeah. got a handsome lead over over Broda um, that uh, I think is a, is that a repeat of last season's uh, Highland Lowland final 
or was it Spartans last season? I think it was Spartans. It was, it was Spartans. Last yeah, yeah. I think East Kilbride have won it before, though, haven't they? Uh, they yeah, a couple of seasons ago. Two seasons ago, yeah. they played Bucky. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they've obviously had, you know, more time than Cove on this occasion. They've had the league wrapped up for weeks now. So um, it'll be an interesting one. It, you know, obviously, whoever um, wins that's got a, a great opportunity to go up. And Cove having fallen short last season might feel pressure to, to do it on the second occasion. It's obviously a feeling of deflation after that loss to Cowdenbeath will be something that will kind of drive them on on this occasion, I would think. But uh, they've certainly got a, a strong squad and, uh, you know, it would be nice to see them going up. Aye. Uh, before we finish up, just a couple of things to turn our touch on. Uh, Scotland women's team tonight were playing Brazil in a penultimate friendly for the World Cup. Uh, Brazil ranked 10th in the world, Scotland 20th, and Scotland won 1 0, so good result for them. Yeah, superb. Um, so they've done something that the men's senior team haven't done, and I think it was only the Toulon team that have managed to beat Brazil on any level. So, yeah, good on the Scottish women who are, re- who are really improving. I mean, they beat Chile in a friendly recently as well. Um, so, yeah, they're getting into that World Cup and good momentum. So, let's hope that they have a good tournament when that comes round. Yeah, um, uh, you covered the women's football at all, Andy? I've not really, no, no. Um, we are sending a reporter to one of the games in France uh, this summer. Um, I've, I've not had the, the nod for too many of these games, uh, or, or any of them so far, but um, I would like to. Um, it was something I'd be keen to, to get a bit more involved in. Um, obviously touched on some of the, the recent results there. and They were also very unlucky against um, USA, who are best in the in the world, uh, top, top-ranked team. They... They only beat them 1-0 uh, at Paisley in a, a friendly towards the tail end of last year. So, um, no, it's uh, certainly going into that, that World Cup with, uh, with with real momentum behind them. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on, obviously, Junior Cup uh, finalists were decided at the weekend. Albert were obviously holding up the first leg. The other tie was a bit more evenly poised. Uh, Talbot got the job done. He's uh, enough. Uh, the other tie, though, Slight surprise. Um, Logs went through, so it will be at all, uh, depending on which look at it, black and gold final or gold and black. Um, so, took you a whole hour uh, to mention Talbot. Yes, I know, I know. Doing well, <laughs> half an hour for Aberdeen and then an hour for Talbot. So, is that going to be called the, the Sam Sparrow final after the song Black and Gold? Uh, well, it could be, aye. Uh, they have played that before the, when Talbot have been in finals, but yeah, I've. Um, I think a petition needs to be, be started for it to be a public holiday. The day after the Junior Cup final, I'm like, unbelievable record. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of league games will still to be played, so there's a lot of football still to be played before that. It's been announced as well, the final will be on the 2nd of June, so the day after the Champions League final, but it's going to be at Hamilton's Park, which, who are I was talking to one of the committee earlier. He was saying basically they were only they were about the only team that offered, or not offered, but put their, their name forward for saying yeah you can play here. Um, so I think their parts get pulled up. Kamaric obviously did get that new surface that Barcelona used for training pitches. Well, played there before. Whether they're getting a new surface, I don't know, but um, 
yeah, it's not ideal. Um, especially if it was two teams from Airsoft. So ideally, you'd have wanted it maybe at Rugby Park, or if you couldn't have it there, why not Somerset? I think Somerset would be brilliant. I know it's yeah. maybe not a lot of seating. Um, but it'd, be, it'd be better than um, Somerset. Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton strikes me as a horrendous venue for a final. Yeah. Venue, no, no offense, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, sorry. Um, I don't like it. I think for a for a top flight club, the, the facilities could be a bit better. Mm-hmm. It's just an oddly shaped stadium. I mean, I know they've got to, you know, design a stadium to what they need it for. They don't need a ten thousand seat stadium, for example, um, considering they don't have a great crowd. But just what they have is just atrocious. Um, it's only like two stands, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. Two stands, I say. Yeah, a gazebo. Aye. Aye. Then a bus behind the goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least then, I suppose, the, um, whoever wins, they won't have. You better park the, the open top bus there as well, maybe. <laughs> Beside the other bus. Aye, right enough. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Aye. Weekend Day Champions League final again, which tends to be the way it's been for the last few seasons. It's always yeah. televised as well, isn't it? Uh, Aye, but, uh, but I think it will still be Al, but I don't know. Well, Champions League final is definitely televised, aye. Aye. <laughs> the, the Champions League final is just a sideshow for the main event. <laughs> aye, definitely. I don't know whether uh, it'll be on Alba or whether it'll be on BBC Scotland. I would think probably still Alba. But it'd be pretty good if they got it on BBC Scotland instead. How's your Gaelic? It's, it's daughter man. Uh, <laughs> watch. <laughs> I remember there used to be the odd programme on BBC Two in the younger days and you used to kind of try and... Yeah, you try and watch it. Just probably, I don't know what... what Patrick Post and daughter man. Aye. And uh, uh, Donny Murdo. Yeah. So... Aye, but I'd imagine it's still probably going to be Alba, unless BBC Scotland decide yeah. to show it, which I think would be better. I think you'd have more people maybe watching it as well. Absolutely, yeah. We need to get you on BBC Scotland, Andy. You should be beyond the of Scott McDonald. Oh, it's been weird. Yeah. They've, they've kind of got, yeah, they've gone for the uh, Gary Lineker kind of approach of just getting a former player to, to present the programme, haven't they? Gary uh, Lineker's a one-off. Yeah, I... I've not seen any foot, footballer do a good job other than him. He's um, a main Scott Minto um, tried it with Sky Sports, and he was absolutely right rotten as well. Um, I don't know much about how Thompson's done. No, Chris Collins, but Scott McDonald was dreadful. He keeps on looking at the like camera awkwardly. Yeah. I think him and Thompson are, are both good pundits, but being the, the main man is a different role altogether, and I don't think either of them seem too kind of comfortable with it. Yeah. But they also did the same with the... Uh, well, Chris Commons does it for Sky Sports. Um, I yeah. watched that um, SPFL Matters for the first time. Um, that was awful. But that just sums up Sky's approach, the um, half-hearted approach to Scottish football that we've got to put up with for another five years because of the TV deal. Um, BT's certainly going to be a big miss. Um but hey ho we've yeah. got them Premier Sports for the weekend <laughs> of course yeah are both, both games on, on both channels are they or is it just Premier both, both games are in Premier um, Hearts games in BBC yeah. right because of this weird deal that um, 
you know that Premier Sports um, have first option of semi-final win, but they have actually um, an option of the second semi-final if they want it, and BBC get the second option. So usually when the old firm are, are playing the semi-final, that's always going to be picked up by Premier Sports or when it was Sky, but um, and the other semi-finals always going to be in BBC. Um, I'll right. be watching it in Premier Sports on Sunday because I'll be at Hamden. That's a better seat than the TV. Well, I as long as you're not in the the stand, one of the stands behind the goals, it's a better seat. Uh, um, I come in the corner of the west stand rather than right behind the yeah, goal. That's not so bad. Like I've been the last couple of cup finals against Celtic. Um, so hopefully, if we get through, I'll be able to get a better seat. Yes. You you take any seat though for in the final. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it's you're for something with the. I mean, should have not have seen that. They don't really have that at hand. The the eagle up in the the stand. I'm pretty sure I've seen a bird up in the stand, on the top of the stand at Hamden at one point. <laughs> maybe no, maybe maybe no. Maybe I'm getting confused with Murrayfield. What? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've seen it at some point. If it was pigeons, maybe. Um. <laughs> I should have seen someone up there once. Obviously, Pedroche gets it sometimes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, a bird of the flying variety as opposed to any derogatory term to the uh, uh, population. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we're not lowering the, the tone. No. We've praised yeah. the women tonight, um, the Scotland women, so. We've praised my fair bit. Yeah, we have. Yeah. They're outshining the men by far. Right they probably beat the so. men uh, if they play each other, I think, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, probably. They're certainly carrying the hopes of a nation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot more effectively it, than the men. Yeah. Anything else we want to can I touch on before we finish up? Or ah, I think we're pretty much good for that. I think we've gone through quite a lot. Aye. Yeah. Well, thank... We're not far over now. So... Not far over. No. <laughs> not as far over as we were before. Um, but yeah, no, good going then. Yeah, nice to speak to you, Andy. You too, John. Yeah, I've enjoyed that. And uh, thanks again for having me on. Aye, no pleasure, Andy. It's good to have you any time. You're welcome. Um, just let us know or I'll pester you. Try and get Aye. You well, we've got a big uh, big few weeks coming up ahead. Um, so we might have some sort of title party or uh, Scottish Cup final preview to, to look forward to. Yeah, we could record it live from Ross County's title party. You could be in there. Maybe got a few exclusives from some of the players. Oh no! We'll change it. We'll change the time we do it just for that. Now we're talking. Have a hat Saturday uh, quarter to five, something like that. I've been on. Uh, you mentioned open top buses earlier on. I've been on a county open top bus before. Right, okay. That was the league cup final. Uh, yeah, that got me on the sports scene. <laughs> nice. That's just a state. You'll be on it. You'll be on it eventually. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, hey, cheers Andy thanks John thanks, John. Cheers, cheers John cheers